Welcome to A Well-Cared-For Human, the podcast that tries to convince you that you are 100% normal and an even better than okay example of the human species, despite the fact that sometimes we feel like the craziest, most incapable, or worthless creatures on the face of this planet. I'm Corey, an author, a creative, and the host of the show. Whatever you're bringing to the table today, I hope this episode proves to be a dose of inspiration for you on your quest to become a well-cared-for human. You can find the episode show notes, your free wellness blueprint, and more at awellcaredforhuman.com. And as always, thank you for listening. Hello, humans. It's your host, Corey, and today we're going to talk about permission. And before you say, not me, Corey, I don't need permission from anyone to do anything. I am a whole grown adult. Before you say that, I will gently tell you this. So am I. (laughs) I am one of the most pig-headed, stubborn, rebellious people that I know. If you tried to tell me what to do, I would very likely try to do the opposite just to spite you. This is not my best trait. I am definitely working on it. But it's the truth. I am a very independent person. Yet, the inspiration for this episode came from the fact that I really needed rest this week, but I felt like I could not rest, and I realized it was because I was not giving myself permission to rest. Which, of course, begged the question of, who the hell did I think I needed permission from in order to rest? So even if you're a very independent person, if you have a very independent mind, you might think that you would never ask anyone's permission for anything, but stick with me. You might be as surprised as I was about just how subtle the permission thing can be. I also want to clarify up front that I'm talking more about emotional resistance than about actual limitations. If you can't do something you want to do because you don't have the resources to do it, you might not actually be free. Well, I don't think they let you listen to podcasts in jail, but hey, maybe you are in jail when you're listening to this, and so you definitely have a lack of resources or freedom to do what you want or need. Those are real obstacles, and that's a different problem. So I don't want to take away from the fact that you may be dealing with very real obstacles in your life, but this episode, when I talk about permission, I'm talking about the other kind of obstacle where we create conditions in our lives, feeling like we can't do something, we're not allowed to do something, we're only allowed to do it if the conditions are exactly right. So for example, I'm very guilty when it comes to play. Maybe I really need a break. Maybe I just need to relax or do something fun, play Sims on my computer, watch a K-drama, whatever it is, do something that pleases me. But I tell myself, I can't do that unless I do this, this, and this. Or I can't do that before I accomplish all of these other things. Like, I make up these rules for when I'm allowed to do something. And usually those rules are unrealistic and unfair against me when, in fact, I would really benefit from having some time off to do these other things and to recharge. So that's the focus of today's episode, but if you want more information about navigating a life when there are real physical obstacles, I'm happy to revisit that topic at a later date. Just let me know in the comments or email me if that's something that you feel like would benefit you. Otherwise, let's get into it. A need for permission refers to the psychological or social inclination to seek approval from other people. 
before we do certain things or make certain decisions. This could manifest in any area of our lives. This could be personal, this could be professional, this could be social. The need for permission usually comes up for different reasons. I mean, it will vary from person to person, such as a desire for validation, or you might be afraid of the consequences. I'm really guilty about that myself, about being afraid of consequences. So for example, I feel like I can't take a rest or I can't play because my business will fall apart. That's very much coming from the place of a fear of consequences, right? That's why I can't get permission, so to speak. Or maybe I'm adhering to social norms or expectations. We all know, as I have talked about it often at this point, that I have very high expectations of myself. And so for that reason, I often feel that I can't do these other things that I might need to do, principally rest and play, which are my two big struggle areas. I can't do them because I'm failing to meet these other expectations. So sometimes it can limit our freedom, our decision-making abilities. It prevents us from fully embracing our independence or from taking charge of our lives. And so in order to right this wrong, we have to understand the underlying causes of these needs. And we need to work to develop our self-confidence in our ability to make those choices or to take those breaks or to do those things that we need to do. So where in the world is this need for permission coming from? The feeling of needing permission to do things can stem from, again, many different places. It really depends on the person, but some sources are psychological, some sources are sociocultural, things like where you've grown up or who your family was. Those factors definitely play a role in your desire or your need for permission. Some potential reasons why you might need permission or some sources of that need could be social conditioning. So maybe from a very young age, there were people in your immediate vicinity, family, parents, caregivers, friends, who conditioned you to seek approval from them, from the authority figures, before you were allowed to take action. Maybe there was a stiff penalty if you acted individually, if you did something for yourself before asking someone else. Maybe your autonomy and your freedom was not honored in any form or fashion. And then that conditioning followed you into adulthood. It led you to feel like you were compelled to seek permission from other people before you were allowed to make decisions or take actions for yourself. I already mentioned the fear of consequences, so it might be that you feel the need for permission from other people because you don't know what's going to happen if you do that, so you're sort of checking with other people. And the fear of consequences can come for different reasons. So for example, it could be that you're trying to avoid punishment of some kind, or you're trying to avoid criticism, or you're trying to avoid negative outcomes either real or perceived, meaning that it's really going to happen or you just think it might happen, but it's not really the case. It's not really truly a threat. But in either case, you're making decisions to avoid something happening. That's pretty much what's dictating this seeking of permission, kind of more like a reassurance, I guess, in this case. You might also have a need for validation. Seeking permission from other people is also a way to get validation from them, to have them confirm your choices, reassure your choices and your actions, encouraging you to follow through with something, telling you, yeah, that's good, or yeah, that's appropriate, that's acceptable, that'll be great, do that, especially when it comes to decision making. I run into this sometimes myself, yes, even me, very independent-minded as I am. Like if it feels like a huge decision, I might look to someone around me like a close friend and be like, is this nuts? Like, can I do this? <laughs> is this crazy? I might be looking for that sort of reassurance for the people around me. And that is a form of seeking validation, seeking reassurance. So circling back to my inability to rest, in my case, the two primary areas where I feel 
that I really struggle with getting, quote, permission is my inability to rest and my inability to play. (laughs) I just, I don't know how to rest and have a good time. (laughs) At least not with like guilt or something else kicking in. And I have done a introspective, I guess we could call it, on those two aspects of my personality. Why do I struggle with those two things? And it's definitely connected to this idea that it's not okay to rest. It's not okay to play when there's things that need to be done. And when I look back at my personal history, I feel that I can very clearly tie that to my father because he himself was not a very restful or playful guy. So there's that as well. So it was just not modeled for me. No one around me was really having a great time. (laughs) They were all very traumatized people who were working really hard because they had no choice but to work really hard. Because if you recall, maybe I never said it explicitly on the podcast, but when I was young, my family was very poor. They were all on food stamps. They were getting help. They were working a lot to try to make ends meet. And so there was definitely this kind of workaholic culture that was necessary because of their difficult circumstances. And so I kind of developed this sense that there wasn't really time to rest and there wasn't really time to play. And that's very much still a part of my life now, even though technically I could build in more time for rest and play. But because I'm still very much in this I guess we could call it the hustle culture of trying to make sure that my business is sustainable, trying to make sure that my financial needs will be met. My preoccupation with that still makes me feel very much like I don't have that margin where I can rest or play, even though we know from the studies, at least the ones that I've read, that rest and play actually make you more productive. It makes you solve your problems better. It actually makes you a better business person when you nurture those aspects because you're thinking from a more balanced place, you're taking action from a more balanced place. So they do benefit you if you make the time to do them. But because I'm so paralyzed by the fear (laughs) of what will happen if I do anything other than work, I just don't usually give myself permission to do those things. And so that's something that I very much struggle with. So it could be part of my personality. It could just be part of my upbringing. It could be messages that I got from my parents around rest and play. It could also be the fact that my father's own kind of preoccupation with getting out of his difficult financial situation because when I was very little he was like a building maintenance person for an apartment complex and so didn't have a lot of money didn't make a lot of money and then he went to prison and when he got out of prison he had nothing he used to like to say that he didn't even own the underwear he was wearing when he left prison so he had nothing when he left prison and then he built a business and he had to very much hustle and work to build that up over several years and so there was definitely this tenor or this undertone of the whole hustle you are the only one responsible for securing your financial future that kind of thing and so whenever I would try to rest or I would try to play I think even as a child that it was very much instilled upon me that that wasn't really allowed or it was clear that he was uncomfortable with it maybe probably because he was so uncomfortable with it for himself and so I just didn't feel very rested (laughs) or playful in that environment and I clearly that has stuck with me even into adulthood and so it's good to know where these things come from it's good to know why you do what you do Being able to identify what it is that you struggle with and maybe why it is that you do that. Where is that coming from? But at this point, you might be thinking, well, that's all good and well for you, Corey, but how do I give myself permission to do things? So every time I try to do more of the things that I need, so like in my case, rest or love, things that you love to do, like play, I can't do it. I just can't get into it. It's so hard. 
And that might be very true because like I said, it might be part of your personality or it might be part of your conditioning. So it might be very deep and ingrained and you might start kind of like how I do. I shouldn't say start because I still do this, <laughs> which is where you make time to do something like read or play Sims. And then the whole time you're doing it, you're thinking, I should be doing this other thing. <laughs> but it's good for you to take those breaks. So you do it anyway. This is the point where I remind you that permission, giving yourself permission to do things is yet another skill that you can practice that will get easier with time. Just like saying no. Learning to say no to people, very difficult. But the more you do it, the easier that word is going to roll off your tongue. So how do we do that? How do we get to practicing our permission giving skills? The entry point into this, at least in my case, what I found to be the most successful is getting comfortable with the feeling. Any kind of change I've ever made in my life has begun with me looking at the difficult emotion behind the thing I'm struggling with because there's always difficult feelings. And that's often the most horrible part. And it's why a lot of people don't make more changes in their life because they hate looking at those feelings or feeling those feelings, whatever the uncomfortable feeling is. My favorite modes of dealing with difficult feelings is doing Tonglen meditation. Please again go listen to episode two, which is on meditation if you don't remember what Tonglen is. But it's pretty much sitting with the uncomfortable feeling, getting to know it very intimately, trying to figure out what it is that's going on there. I also like to use my journal to explore those feelings, trying to get a sense of what it is, where it's coming from. I certainly did a lot of journaling to figure out that my difficulties with rest and play came from childhood, surprisingly. But they came from these past experiences. And so I started to kind of look through these memories. When did I last feel like it was okay to play? Did I ever feel like it was okay to play? Or did I feel unsafe when it was okay to play? So for example, how happy are you playing as a child if in the other room, you know, your parents are trying to rip each other's heads off? You're not going to have good feelings about playing if there's something terrible happening in the next room, you know, if you're hearing people shout and stuff. So it might also just be like what was happening when you were trying to do that thing. Feelings get kind of mixed up like that over time. So connecting what I felt, why I felt, what were the memories behind it. I also did a lot of self-exploration with my therapist. I basically started looking at what was going on. Why am I struggling with this? Why do I feel like I can't insert thing you want to do, but you've got to block about doing it? <laughs> Whatever that is for you. Again, minor rest and play, but maybe those aren't yours. Maybe there's something else that you really wish you could give yourself more permission to do, but you don't. And just start to explore... Again, either in the meditation or in the journaling or with the therapist, why do you feel so resistant to doing the thing that you know you want to do or the thing that you know you need to do? And if you are working with a therapist, then you guys can figure that out together. You can do a deep dive into your memories or into whatever might be standing in your way, a painful emotional block. You guys might also be able to make a plan for how you're going to address that or get out of it. You know, whatever it is that you've got to do. And you can do that again with someone else, a professional, or you can do it with some of these more self-directed practices like the meditating and the journaling and the personal life review. But all of this part, this first part about the feeling work, that is what you'll be doing in order to give yourself permission. So the emotional work is removing the mental barriers that are keeping you stuck. But after the emotional work is the permission itself. So it's kind of like a two-parter. You start with a feeling of, why can't I give myself permission? <laughs> <laughs> and then you look at the giving the actual permission. And there are some pretty creative ways that you can give yourself permission. I'll give you some examples. But part of this is really about knowing yourself and what's going to stick for you. So for example, I really love to-do lists. I live for writing something on a list just to scratch it off. Big surprise there. 
<laughs> so I trick myself into giving myself permission to do the things I want to do by making sure that those things are included on the to-do list because it's on the to-do list. I have to do it, right? <laughs> A good example I have for you is that right now I'm trying to make more time for reading. Reading is really important to me. It's a really important part of my creative process, consuming stories, losing myself in a book. But it's also the first thing that goes because like many other things I struggle with, it feels like play. It feels like I don't have time to read. So when I get really busy, usually the first thing I do is I toss reading out the window because I'm like, oh, I don't have time to do that. Even though it's so beneficial to me to make the time to read, it's incredibly helpful for my creativity and my productivity, but it's the same thing that I throw out the window the first chance I get. It's very interesting, that kind of dichotomy there. We probably need some experts just to break that down for me. But anyway, because I want to give myself more permission to read, the word read is written on my daily to-do list. And so that way I see it on the list and I'm like, well, I got to make some time to read today. It's on the to-do list. I got to do it. And I want to scratch off this item. <laughs> I'm manipulating my own compulsions to get the result I want out of myself. I also have on my weekly agenda. So again, big surprise. I have daily to-dos and then I have weekly to-dos and monthly to-dos. I know. I know it sounds insane and compulsive, but just stay with me. And because I also want to give myself what we can call essentially like a play date, really it's called a quote, an artist date. This comes from Julia Cameron's The Artist Way. It's a very popular book for creatives. I thought about doing an episode on it, just about how I use it and why it matters so much to me. So that's another thing to let me know if that sounds exciting for you. You can look it up, Julia Cameron's The Artist Way. But essentially, it's about developing your creativity, your connection to your creativity and living a creative life. And then she recommends that you do an artist date, which is essentially, again, like a play date. It's like you go and do a thing that will feed your inner creative, your inner artist. So I put that on my weekly agenda, that the artist date is something that has to be done. And so I make time for it because it's on the list and it's got to be scratched off. <laughs> Also because of my personality and who I am, I respond well to goals and contracts. So if I make a goal, like I want to paint three large abstracts in a year, and I put that on my list, I have, again, surprise to everyone, my resolutions for 2023 taped up on the wall above my desk. And I have paint three large abstracts on that list. And because it's on the list, I've got to do it. I've painted two, by the way. I don't know if I'll actually get around to painting the third, but that's less important than the fact that I wanted to give myself permission to do more artsy stuff this year. And so I was forced to do it because it was like, there's the list. I got to do the list. And that helps me to add counterweight to that feeling of, I don't have time to paint. I can do this. I don't have time to set up all the canvases and the brushes and to do these things like god i have so many other things to do all of my fake reasons for why i'm not allowed to do it i'm not good enough it's not going to make any money this doesn't further my career i'm wasting time that i should be writing with a book i can actually sell i need to make sure that i'm financially safe all of those excuses are basically the antithesis of the permission right it's me telling me why i don't have permission to do what i want to do which is to make art or to paint and so you have to figure out another way to counteract that negative voice and give yourself the permission, giving yourself the green light to go and do the thing that you want to do. So getting it on the to-do list, putting it in the agenda, or making a yearly resolution list, even drafting up an actual permission contract that I have to sign, and honest to goodness, I, Corey, promise to read one book a week for 2023 <laughs> because X, Y, and Z reason. 
and then leave it to me to suck all the joy out of something that's supposed to be fun and turn it into another to-do item, but that's just a different bad habit of mine. But these things do work because of my personality, so I do try to leverage it. Ideally, in the future, I will start to enjoy things because I enjoy them and I won't have to disguise them as things that I must, quote, work on, but, you know, I gotta start somewhere. And you can do the same. Think about what works for you. Think about your personality. Figure out what you know you're going to do anyway. And then see if you can work that somehow to turn it into like a permission exercise. Will you put it on a to-do list? Will you draft a contract? Or maybe you do really well with something like an accountability buddy or peer pressure. (laughs) Some of us are really susceptible to peer pressure. So if you get an accountability buddy for a task that you really wish that you could do more of, that you know you need to make time for, but you're not giving yourself permission to do, whatever it is, you can have a friend that's like, you have to tell them that you did that thing that day. And so that peer pressure might be enough to push you in the direction that you really want to go. And again, these are all just suggestions. Only you are going to know what's best for you. You know yourself better than anyone, so it's going to be your call. And nobody says that you have to use just one method. Play around with whatever you can to figure out what you respond to, what works. But in short, if you need permission, dear human, to rest or to play or to be free, you have it. You are the key to having that permission, to getting that permission. It may not feel like it, may not feel like that's true, but you absolutely deserve to do what you want with your life. Your life is yours, and you have permission to live it however you want. And that's it for today, dear human. As always, I hope you found this episode useful. And if you would like to write into the show and ask me for my thoughts on something that you're dealing with, I would love to hear from you. You can contact me through any of my social media or through my email at cory at coriamshum.com. Otherwise, I will be back next week with another episode of A Well-Cared-For Human. And until then, please take good care of you. This episode of A Well-Cared-For Human was written and produced by me, Cory Marie. The music was by Late Night Feeler and Esther Abrami. If you like what I'm doing here, please consider visiting my Patreon. For as little as a dollar a month, you get early ad-free access to the episodes, as well as a monthly patrons-only Q&A, bonus videos, and more. Not to mention that your Patreon support lets me know that you find value in the show and want it to continue. You can find me on Patreon by visiting www.patreon.com forward slash Marie. If you can't support the show financially, that is okay. You can still subscribe to the show, leave a review of the show, and recommend the show to your friends, not just the neurotic ones. All of this helps so much. And as always, thank you for listening.